Welcome to You've Never Seen It, my mission to never hear these four words again. I'm your host, Allison Salamone, and joining me today to discuss American graffiti are the world-renowned Harrison Ford superfans. You can find them pretty much weekly doing their Ford Fiesta over on the Movie Guys channel here on YouTube. It is my friend, your friend, everybody's friend, Paul Preston and Adam Witt. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are you? We're full of Ford glory. We have 144 <laughs> days until uh, Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny. That's right. I have a setting on my watch. I looked at my watch right then because it tells me how many days until Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny. How Does are it, you? I'm doing great. Does it count down the minutes and the seconds too? Like, could you get that precise? Hold on. Let me let me tap your watch. <laughs> your watch is the dial of destiny at this point. It is. It does everything. It's way fun. <laughs> I mean, twist our oh. arm to talk about Harrison Ford. We just right. got off recording our own episode and now we're jumping right into yours. So Ford, 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 you know, all the Ford. You can't talk too much. All the I Ford. Will... <laughs> I will never have anyone else on here for a Harrison Ford movie. If I did, I would think you guys would end our friendship. I feel like you I better can't. doesn't. <laughs> Well, I won't tune into that episode. I can tell you that. Exactly. <laughs> or you will just for spite to say what that person got wrong. It's great. Just you, you can leave the angry Reddit comments as, a, yeah. as an anonymous. I'll sit in the live chat comments and just be like, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> well, how have everything been? How have you gentlemen been? It's been a hot minute since I had yeah. you guys. We're on episode 35. You guys were my third guests ever. And we talked about Blade Runner back then. You got to sit through. Look, did you see how good I did my intro this time? We didn't have to very good. Repeat it. Wonderful. <laughs> you're, you're killing our lack. Even now we have a lack of material if we can't go through your opening. But <laughs> <laughs> nothing to joke on. It's fine. I know I should have recorded though when uh, we were going through all of our soundtracks. Speaking of sound, you've been watching those Dick Cavett tapes I gave you, right? <laughs> yeah, you're good. It's good. <laughs> So welcome back. I'm so excited to have you guys here. As we, as I said, we are discussing American Graffiti, which is, is it Harrison Ford's like first on big screen appearance? No. Or, oh, okay. No, it's probably his first character, right, Paul? Hold on. Let's go back. Let's well, go to the With, with uh, real substance that went on for the majority of the film but that was one of the things we were excited to learn when deciding to do the ford fiesta which is our podcast over and every everywhere you can find podcasts oh yeah um is that there were a whole heap of movies before american graffiti that he yeah. made and i think the number is five dead okay. heat and merry-go-round love a time for killing journey to shiloh and getting straight have you heard of these Nope. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we watched him. And there is, of course, because it's Harrison Ford, there's some great moments of Harrison Ford in them. But the movies vary, of course, in quality. Mm -hmm. But somebody knew that this guy had something. And despite putting him in the studio system at the time where they just like sign him up and then put him in a Western, put him in a college drama, right. put him in a this. Put That's him in what that. his first five are. You know? Yeah, this was yeah. this was put him in a decent sized role, see what he can do. And I think he delivered big time in American graffiti. And importantly, oh, cool. it's the first time Harrison Ford is cool, which is key <laughs> to Harrison Ford. We like Harrison Ford because he's cool mm -hmm. and he's awesome. And in this, he's cool. Yeah. You know, he is not cool and getting straight, even though his character finally has a name after his you know, five movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still, but when I mean, he, 
most actors, I'm sorry to interrupt, but most actors no. would kill for their fifth movie to be one of the most legendary movies ever yeah. made. You yeah. know, American Graffiti is certainly that, not just on a cultural perspective, but in terms of the money it made based on the budget and, you know, all sorts of other and awards it received. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's some, that's an actor's dream. I, I mean, think about this. Before George Lucas made Star Wars, <clears throat> and I'm going to talk a lot about George Lucas here because <laughs> this guy, you don't even know how cool this guy is. And, and mm -hmm. Graffiti is part of that puzzle. But before he made Star Wars, he made a movie that made the most money as compared to its budget, the, the most successful movie of all time. Comparative to its budget and the amount of money it made, this was the most successful movie of all time. And then he would go on to make Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> after, Do you have the stats on that? discovering Harrison Ford also. Thank you, George Lucas. Thank Pixar, you, George Lucas. Harrison Ford, yeah. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work for Do, for, do you have the stats us. on that, Allison? Because it's worth sharing if you know I'm the budget. I'm pulling uh, it up right now. I have it if you, if you need Paul's it. got it. You know I, what? If I you brought got some it, Paul, stuff because you got there's it. a lot going on with this. Movie. I love it. Thank you for doing my homework for me. The most that <laughs> oh, I've gotten please. written down was that it was, I, I wrote down what it lost to at the Academy Awards because it was up against some pretty big films too that I also haven't seen, like The Sting. So. <laughs> right. And you know. way, way better movie than The Sting. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> you say it lost an Academy Award. The studio was threatening to never release it. Really? So that's quite a step up from having never been seen. It was the Batwoman, Batgirl of its time, right? What? <laughs> that's wild. Uh, yeah. They were not going to release it. And you know why, Allison? Why? Because the structure of this movie, and it, it doesn't appear... To modern audiences, it doesn't appear this way. But at the time, the structure of this movie, nothing had ever been made like this, where mm -hmm. you just go from one thing to the next, and then you come back to the other one, then you come back to the other one later. And I always describe it as being the Pulp Fiction of its time. When we went to go see Pulp Fiction, you're like, oh my God, he starts with the ending, and then this, and then the time jumps, and then these two characters meet up or whatever. American Graffiti had done that times 10, yeah, uh, and then sequel to it did it that exponentially times a hundred, I think, but mm -hmm. uh, we can talk about that later. But uh, yeah, this was the Pulp Fiction of its time. The studio didn't know what to make of it. And, and do you know what, and, and do you know what, uh, do you know any of the behind the scenes? Like Francis Ford Coppola is a producer on this, right? Right. So I know Francis Ford Coppola is producer. Um, really, honestly, I, I don't have a whole lot. Like oh, okay. I know, I know you got like, don't worry. You got, sit don't back, worry. I don't want to take sit over back. the show, but sit back for a second. This is why I have experts on this show with me. What's the point of me driving conversation so as he, a host when I have you guys? Here's Coppola and Lucas. They have met up and they are ready to take over the world. Maybe Lucas wasn't ready to take over the world. He might have gotten mm -hmm. that from Francis. Uh, but. George goes and makes his own movie after shooting behind the scenes on Francis Ford Coppola's movies. And I mean, if, if he got an hour, I got other stories there. But anyway, <laughs> um, for example, let me just say this. When the reason that Lucas ended up on the studio set to begin with was he won some award <clears throat> and you could go work at Warner Brothers, I believe it was. And, and George Lucas is all excited because he loved animation. He loved Bugs Bunny. He goes, I'm going to go to Warner Brothers and I'm going to go to the Warner Brothers animation. I'm going to see the animators. This will be so exciting. That was long closed. Like yeah. he gets there and he's like, it might as well have been, you know, tumbleweed blowing across. It. And he goes, you couldn't find anything shooting. This was at like a, a low ebb. Right. You know, because at this time, these young filmmakers were bringing Hollywood back. Hollywood was dying. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was the it was the 
Easy Riders and the Godfathers and, and these sort of filmmakers that brought him back. So there's nothing being shot there. The only thing he could find being shot is, uh, I, is it Finnegan's Rainbow? Is that the Coppola movie? Finian's Rainbow, yeah. Finian's. Is it Finian's, Finian's Rainbow? Rainbow. Mm-hmm. It is is Coppola, who was already a legend because he was the one kid from film school who'd made it to the studios. He was shooting studio mm-hmm. stuff, and he goes and and he sees him shooting Finian's Rainbow, and legendarily, but I love the story. Uh, uh, Coppola walks up to him in the middle of it because he sees a kid his age. You know, is the, these are kids on the lot, and all these everybody else is fifty years older than them, mm-hmm. and he's like. Uh, he goes, uh, he asked him, uh, what do you, uh, what do you think of all of this? And he's like, eh, nothing much. <laughs> and Coppola's like, dude, I'm directing a movie here. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but the gra- so graffiti, uh, Coppola was already had made the Godfather at this point. And, uh, so he had big credibility, uh, after they started a production company, American Zoetrope, and that, I mean, these two have had such adventures. So he makes this movie and the studio says, we're going to shelve it. Nobody can make head or tail of what you're doing with this. You've edited the shit out of this. I mean, basically he edited the plot of this, the way he edited the trench sequence uh, in star Wars. I mean, it's this like kind of masterpiece of editing, but longer. Scenes. Yeah. And he goes, look, he goes, I think this movie's going to do so well. We're going to show it to an audience in a mall. They pack this mall full of 20 year olds or whatever that they're, they're people their age who are nostalgic for a time 15 years earlier. I mean, how much yeah. earlier is that's that's what people said. If someone made a graffiti today, they'd be talking about like Obama. <laughs> like, yeah. <"Nothing's> that? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they had had Vietnam and, you know, all this, this sort of stuff. So it's like to be able to take them back to a more innocent time was very significant at that time. Shows it to the mall. Everyone goes nuts. And the studio still walks out and goes, I think you paid these people. There's no way this movie played that well. And Coppola takes out his checkbook right there and he goes, I'll buy the movie from you right now and starts to write them a check. I'm buying the movie from you right now. This is going to make so much money. And only then did they're like, you know, the guy from The Godfather. Yeah. Like, all right, all right, all right. Maybe we'll release it. But almost wasn't released. That's wild. It was, it's such, I mean, everything about it, like, I it just, I really, I had a really good time watching this movie. Did from, you? Okay, good. I really I did. No, I really had a works. good time watching it because I'm also getting, I, I, we're getting Ronnie Howard, like baby Ron Howard, I thought was just incredible. We're getting Richard Dreyfus, who the yeah. most I've seen him in is Jaws, which comes out three year, three or four year, two, like, eight, well, gosh, what, like three years after three years this? Later. Yeah. So you're getting like Richard Dreyfus. You're getting obviously you get your Harrison Ford, who when he showed up on on the screen, I very audibly went, "There he is." Uh-huh. <laughs> did you forget he was going to be in the movie because it's about a half hour or something? I right? did, and I was I was like, "Well, I didn't forget," but I'm like, "Oh, he where is up it? On you. Where it's is great. it?" But like as soon as he shows up, I'm like, "There he is!" And there like, he I legit, is. Oh, and there he is, right? I pointed at my TV, and my husband just goes, "He is." so much character so immediately he's only got a minute in that first yeah. scene to like let you know who he is and he's oh my god he just and i love that he's a constant throughout the movie right like he's constantly looking for john milner who has baby mackenzie phillips mm-hmm. in the car with him and like that whole thing was just hilarious like i just it thought it was all fa- i terry <laughs> Terry the tiger instead of the the toad when he's trying to to pick up on Debbie through the whole like everything about it was just it was very much they really encapsulated the time that they were trying to encapsulate with from the dialogue 
to the soundtrack. I mean, one of the best wow, soundtracks. That was radical. Like, all of the best needle drops throughout that movie were incredible. And then the Wolfman Jack. You can't not talk about Wolfman Jack and and right. when, when you're discussing American graffiti. Because it was all this pop culture that America didn't know it was generating pop culture yet. The baby mm -hmm. boom invented pop culture. There was no pop culture before. Charles Dickens wasn't pop culture. It was that novel, you know, you know what I'm like pop culture. Like it, this is the first time it was identified in the wild in a weird way of like, mm -hmm. oh, you know what? That music has now changed and that music became this music. Yeah. And that interesting. And the DJ thing, like, I mean, to, to audiences who had forgotten because of the ills of the world and they all became adults in between to just go back 15, 13 years and go, oh, I could just sit and chill out in 1962, you know? Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah, that's, what Lucas, that's what Lucas wanted. He wanted to make a film of his childhood. Yeah. And, uh, he was 27, I think, when he made it. So talk about punk right there. You talk about the, you know, the young guys on the set. Uh, there's no one making movies that age right now on that level where right. Universal might release it. I don't think. Is there? Damien Chazelle's late 30s. But that's yeah. probably it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And ends up with a $777,000 film. That, that was Lucas's lucky number. And earned $140 million, throwing video sales wow. $200 million. So, yeah, it is one of the most popular. Wow or most of profitable. profitable movies that you yeah. can find out there ever. Yeah. And yeah. And to Adam's point, no one wanted to make it. universal actively tried to not make it. And now of course, if you take their studio tour, it, it's one of the billboards you pass <laughs> by on the tram right. as you go by. It's like, you guys didn't, everybody tried to not make this movie. They looked at all the, uh, it was one of the few movies back in that time to start doing all song soundtracks. Like you mentioned as well, all the great mm -hmm. music, that's expensive. And people went, no, we don't want to do it. But he said, that's that sound design. Walter Murch had a hand in that, right, Adam? If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Well, no, Walter Murch had a hand in uh, the, 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 the reason the music sounds the way it does in the movie is because they did something called worldizing the, the music. So they would take the music, they would play it on a speaker in an alley and record the sound of it out in the street. So all the music you hear isn't from like the record they, so that Walter cool. Murch was in charge of that sort of like, you know, soundscape of the whole movie, which it does. I mean, when it takes you to the next thing, it's always bridging you to the next scene. Mm -hmm. And that's how they made that uh, unusual structure work where you so uh, one minute you're with this character, one minute you're with this character and it can be edited a hundred different ways in a hundred different movies, you know? That's so and so cool. this leads to a phrase I'm trying to make a hashtag and it'll never happen, but I enjoy it anyway. It's called genius <laughs> incest because all these geniuses were incestuous with one another's projects back in the mm -hmm. day. I'm sure you've probably heard about Spielberg and Lucas and De Palma and Coppola mm -hmm. and John Milius all hanging out together on the beach in their beach house or whatever. Milius shooting his gun in the ceiling and everybody having all these great ideas, but they honestly had to prop each other up to demand their brilliance be seen in the films because of so much resistance. Like, yeah, we mentioned Coppola puts in the money after having Godfather clout to finish graffiti. Lucas makes Star Wars. Coppola can't get Apocalypse Now made. Lucas goes, I got Star Wars money. Let's do it. So now we have American Graffiti, Star Wars, and Apocalypse Now. Who wouldn't want those three movies in the world? Dummies at Universal, dummies right. at Fox. The old guard. At, it's old yeah, guard. Everybody. The old guard. That's what yeah. they're fighting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. And I love yeah. how like it, everything that it does. And you were talking about even talking about the universal, like, and now at like universal studio, the Orlando one, we have the Mel's drive in, in the middle of like, you can go in 
you know, do your quick service restaurant, but they have all the different, you know, cars sitting out in front. Like it's literally a staple of Universal Studios, it feels like I mean, for people that just didn't even care about it. The roller skating waitress, you know, uh had probably had to be gone by 73. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, seeing that on screen must have been like, oh my God. It's almost like a Warhol type thing. The idea that Warhol people go, oh, that's not art or whatever. But nobody realized that soup can just sort of came about as its own look and branding and all that sort of stuff. And basically it is art. And it's like everything from 11 years ago is actually art now because we don't have the rollerblading waitress anymore. We don't have, you know, all the song is, all the music's yeah. changed. And yeah. So the, it has to be a fairly new convention at the time to be nostalgic. I think. Right. And at the heart of it, it's a coming of age story, right? You have Richard Dreyfus, Kurt, who doesn't know if he wants to go away to college. You have Ron, Ronnie Howard, who can't wait to go away, but wants to make sure Lori gives it to him before he does. But also <laughs> like, he's just very smarmy. And then you have the John Milner who's staying behind and he's at the beginning, you know, kind of yells at them a little bit with it. And then he goes on, to but he's like the racer and this cool guy by the way one of my favorite things that i noticed like just like little costuming things and everything is the rolled up pack of cigarettes yeah. in the arm sleeve like it's just <laughs> so cool it's just those types of like attention to details on things for like each type of person which is which really was a caricature of, i feel like everyone that you would find during that time and it's yeah. done so well or anytime really there's yeah. the kid that there's the kid that didn't leave town mm -hmm. there's the kids that are going to go off to college there's the you know the they're worried about the draft and you know uh, isn't isn't one of them going off to the army is toad ends up in the army toad he ends army. up yeah because they he do planning like... to in this movie i forget i'm sorry is he planning to go do that during the first american graffiti or did he get drafted i forget I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. I that might just be the end credits. Part, yeah, uh... the end credits said like he ended up being missing in action in right. in Vietnam. So, which I have to ask. So I watched the end credits, and then of course Amazon Prime was like, "Do you <gasps> want to rent?" I'm sorry, I didn't own it. I apologize. No, no, no. I'm just saying, did it interrupt the ending of the movie? With no, the, no. As the, the credits, next... okay. as the credits were rolling, it popped up at the bottom and okay. asked me um, <laughs> I if I wanted to go and watch uh, more American Graffiti. Oh, really? Okay. And I was like, mm, probably not right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do that. I'll, we'll explain what that is. I, I thought it interrupted the... My, one of my favorite jokes in the movie is no. the last frame. Yeah. No, that uh, was great. No, they, it we'll went get through to all that. that. Yeah. We'll get to that. It was it was great. I love that we got we got a uh, where are they now kind of thing or like where did they end up in in uh, in the end of of American Graffiti where you have Kurt flying off and right they're all at the uh, airport. Kurt's flying off. Uh, Ronnie Howard stays behind instead of going, which was you know a fun little twist to it. And in yeah. between all the shenanigans, you got I loved all the scenes with the pharaohs um when they come up they're For like anybody who doesn't know the pharaohs is a biker gang yeah based yeah, on yeah. an actual biker gang that is actually really? brought george lucas into it because he was <laughs> always at the speed races and always working on cars and he drove a fiat bianchina a two-stroke engine that he had modified to go extremely fast That's uh almost killed himself in it but uh, yeah, he was a part of the Pharaohs in Modesto. Uh, so that's a real, that's, that's really happened to Lucas. He's, he got adopted by the street gang. 
That's so fun. This is why I love talking with you guys about these things because you have so much cool knowledge that I don't. Well, well how funny was Oh, sorry, Paul. There's even stuff that you're not going to know unless you're really paying attention or know a whole lot about cars. Yeah. But I guess each character in the story represents a different aspect of Lucas's youth. And each car they drive represents their character. Like, it's ah. not just, like, they're driving this or that car. The car they're driving, you know, Falfa, big muscle car, Lamatt, smooth, mm -hmm. you know, Steve's car, slick and wide, but kind of conventional. You know, so it's all done with that. All those things... Yeah. Or the sign of a good filmmaker when they have it behind the scenes and work on you when you're not noticing. Yeah. Well, Terry the Terry the Toad is the one that looks like Lucas. We know, right? <laughs> like that's <laughs> oh, that's George, <laughs> and he's got a moped. So there but you go. Milder was the car driving <laughs> Lucas. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so funny. Oh my god, I loved Terry the Toad. Was that whole his whole sequence with Debbie and like the way that he is flirting and then or when when they're sitting in the car drinking the booze and he was like yeah i had horses i sold them though to get these wheels and a jeep because he was just like oh shit horses can make a lot more money why would i only have one car and like starts going to like this tired of like how he goes <laughs> oh he goes no, like hunting and a jeep. And <laughs> they say and a jeep yeah he goes and a jeep with the gun four-wheel drive and a gun rack so i can go hunting uh, and he's like he hunts bears and deers and like is what he's like telling I mean, Debbie. <laughs> when you think about how movies introduce characters and it's like, I, somebody said in a commentary a long time ago, like always make an entrance. If you're not having your characters make an entrance. And so on the Ford Fiesta, man, he's had some great entrances. Like yeah. Harrison Ford kills it with his entrances. Uh, Terry, the toad, <laughs> How great is his entrance? They're it's all amazing. sitting there cool at, at uh, Al's diner and he rolls up on, the, I mean, and they've all, at least they've got cars. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Steve's is the coolest car, right. uh, you know, and the less cool car from uh, Dreyfus. But then Terry comes up on the Vespa and then forgets <laughs> and then to make it out of gear and runs into the, <laughs> and you're like, I know that character already. And he has been on screen for four seconds and then he goes and tries to start hitting on on the waitress buddha and he's like <laughs> like why don't you want to go make out with me she's like no like what no why would what like in what world do you think that this would ever happen yeah apparently an error too like the, the, yeah. who wasn't he was supposed yep. to zip into the shot he runs that vespa into the wall and that's that's keep it you know keep which it. is it's one great. of the great How things you, you can say as a director keep yeah. it keep yeah it. it's absolutely perfect it was i mean yeah and then i think i need to give um i love Lori throughout this as well and watching Rest her relationship peace. with uh yeah um yeah. uh, and and that relationship with with steve and i think one of my favorite parts because she's such a badass like standing up for herself so when they're in her car and he's trying to like get her you know to go all the way with him so he right. can she can leave him something to he want give him something to remember her by and she's laying there and he's like well do something she was like what if that's all you're gonna remember about me then go ahead like if that's all you want and i'm just like right fuck yeah Lori. yeah you she takes telling. her power you know it's in, so bad ways yeah. yeah it was so 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 great so i do have to ask then for you for for both of you do you remember the first time that you saw american graffiti i don't you don't you know we talk about this all the time on the show i can't i, I must have said when we covered our american graffiti episode of the ford fiesta that i don't remember because raiders i know when jedi got it you know and uh even uh 
the last crusade like all the but that one at star wars of course of course but yeah i don't have a first i remember my more recent screenings yeah you know, a friend of mine projecting it on the sheet in her backyard you know oh, that's we watched fun. The video. and then recently just at home just to, for our show yeah um yeah and each time it it I, it's one of those movies that I forget everything that's involved in it. And when you watch it, there's this scene. That's right. Yeah. Like some movies I've memorized, Raiders I've memorized. But when we get to a scene, I already know it's coming, but I love it. The, yeah. with something American Graffiti I watch, I forgot that was in here. Oh, right. and I do love it as it goes along. So, you could yeah. never, I could tell you the entire order of every scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, I, 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 this movie, I'm like, it's always a surprise what the next scene is because it really could come in any, any way. And even watching it for the Ford Fiesta, it's always a surprise when Harrison Ford shows up. Yeah. I forget every time that Harrison Ford is in this movie because <laughs> so much happens, you know? Yeah. So it's always exciting. You're like, oh, that's right. Harrison Ford's in this also. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. his scene, you know, when he, he enters, he enters, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. My first my first time seeing it was uh, I rented it in uh, college. So I was in uh, video school, but I was a film minor, a mass communications and a film minor. So I was starting to watch all the movies. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's where you enter a whole different. It's one thing to, like, get obsessed with movies with the what you have access to in high school or grade school or, you know, when we first got the VCR. But uh, uh, but then you get to the college and you go, OK, now and you, you're taking your freshman class and here's meshes in the afternoon and here's you know mm -hmm. here's vim vendors and you know Werner herzog and you know suck on this kids and you're like <laughs> you know. so uh, my mind's like blowing up but i'm still reading like skywalking lucas's biography you know mm -hmm. i would read that i read that like every year in, in college that was like my real guide for like how to be a film student even i was like in video school but i was still trying to make movies and stuff yeah um so i'm like as i'm and i'm like realizing like I've never seen THX 1138. I saw part of it on TV as a kid and it didn't do anything for me. Um, and I was like, and I haven't seen American graffiti at all in any way. And I knew my parents were huge fans or whatever. So I rented it. And I gotta say, it's a real tough, it's a real, and you know what else I rented around the same time? Cause my, my vision of watching is the same is apocalypse now, mm -hmm. uh, which was almost directed by Lucas uh, also starring Harrison Ford. <laughs> um, also soon to come on. You've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, but hey, hey. on a square i would say keep that to yourself but that's what the whole show is uh, okay. whole <laughs> on a on a square tv uh pan and scanned you know center cut pan and scans you're not not a widescreen there were no widescreen anything back then that was yeah. a special tape you'd get you'd be like i got die hard in letterbox you're like oh my god what did it cost 80 bucks in 1992 dollars <laughs> but uh but so it, it i got it it was cool but it was like, man, watching it on a square TV by yourself in a living room, blah, 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 blah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I saw it a few times since then in parts. Then I saw it at the American Graffiti. I saw it at the New Beverly with a full crowd, oh, all laughing cool. at every joke and making me realize other things were funny I hadn't even thought about. And then you're like, all right, that's American Graffiti. So that's really, you know, the, the first time I saw it for real was the New yeah. Beverly. But That's it just so shows cool. the difference in like experience, you know. Yeah, yeah but that oh. is true. That I got into film so early just because of Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark that I wanted to see right. everything. So I went back to I wasn't taking a film course or anything like Adam, but I was like, let me watch Network, and I went That's right. Okay. Like, let me I watch Chinatown. Oh, that was okay. Why? Because I was a the wee yeah. Young buck you know i didn't know these so now watching those movies I'm like oh these are masterpieces mm -hmm. yeah. so american graffiti it probably took a few views for me to really appreciate it um, but now yeah i totally do but you have to learn how to like them 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had to learn how to like Apocalypse Now, but commensurate with my studies in going, how do, oh, what's good about that? Oh, okay. Next time I watch, I'm going to pay attention to that. Blah, 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 blah. Is the increased better experience in watching it up until I was starting to get Apocalypse Now over time. Paul and I saw it at a 4K premiere at IMAX mm. and everything worked minute by minute to the point where I never even realized, you know, that, uh, uh, the, the character Kilgore is supposed to be funny, but mm-hmm. I was laughing like I was in the middle of like, you know, the mask or something. <laughs> like he's hilarious. But anyway, um, but the so point is Harrison Ford's in it. So Allison, we expect, <laughs> we expect yeah, we'll, we'll see you for apocalypse. Now <laughs> we'll see you guys next month. You'll be my yeah. monthly Harrison Ford. That's what we'll have to, we'll have to try yeah. to work it out. So we do once a month. It's... I get you guys back on here for a Harrison Ford flick that I haven't seen. To, to, to crib to crib Paul F. Tompkins bit about him in There Will Be Blood in terms of Harrison Ford's performance in that movie. It's a movie about a guy trying to keep a meeting on track and Marlon Brando rounds out the cast. <laughs> Not going. One of my favorite, I have to say, just because we're talking about Marlon, now you bring up Marlon Brando. One of my favorite stories that I ever heard, because of course Coppola too. One of my favorite stories that I've ever heard about the making of The Godfather and the type of like eccentric person that Marlon Brando was, that oh whole scene where he had, in the in the beginning where he has the cat and he's petting the cat and everything, apparently the cat was purring so loud and they wanted to get rid of it and he refused so they had to go back in and do like the the um what is it yeah the adr over because the cat was purring so loud during those takes as like he was sitting in marlon brando's lap and he was petting it it wasn't supposed to be in the scene but he refused to put it down (laughs) and now it's an iconic image you know but i I can't imagine it was easy to get him to mumble the same yeah, as he did not. in the first take. Can you mumble? <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Marvel. Perfect. Put, the, yeah. put the marbles back in your mouth. But yeah, apparently because that cat was purring so loud, it was pissing everybody off and he refused to put it down because that's who Marlon Brando is. And I love him for it. I haven't yeah. seen much Marlon Brando. I've seen, um, obviously I've seen The Godfather. Um, and I've so, seen... Did you say obviously? Because <laughs> look, look at what you're hosting. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know you've seen The Godfather. <laughs> Here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Somebody pointed out to me the great way to get into Stephen Lewis. Uh, pointed out the great way to get into Marlon Brando is watch On the Waterfront and then watch any other actor from that year. Because <laughs> 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 everybody else is is doing this sort of thing, yeah, and he's just yeah. like being real, and you're like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Fucking Marlon Brando. Um, yeah, the other thing, the other, the, the young Marlon Brando movie I've seen is uh, his performance in in Guys and Dolls, which oh, was, wow. you know. Okay. That's the one he saw. <laughs> and I saw the one where he did the, it's, um, what is it? I, I think it was like one of his last movies that he ever did with, uh, was it, is it the, Edward Norton that's in it? The Freshman? Oh, the score. Oh, 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 the, the score. score. Yes, I've seen the score. Okay, well, that's, so. yeah. and not on the waterfront. Not on the waterfront. Okay, no, I have not. Wait, did someone say to you you haven't seen the score? Because I don't think that sentence has ever been made. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's, that, yeah. it's ever been said. My husband. <laughs> what? You're all you right. Haven't seen fifteen minutes. Let's <laughs> go over fifteen minutes. <laughs> now it's not. See, that's the thing. This this is a fun show because. Every movie you determine if it's, you know, like we have a term on 
the movie guys called Movie Jail. It's very similar. If you haven't seen yeah. Blank, if you haven't seen Shawshank, you're in Movie Jail. You're in movie I jail. have if you seen that one. I have seen ha- Shawshank. Okay, but if you haven't seen License to Drive, is that Movie Jail? Is nah, it a movie you're jail? Fine. See, but it, but some people might say, oh, it has. So the argument about whether so we could argue is the Freshman with Marlon Brando and Matthew no Broderick. Way. And I, you haven't seen it. No, level. You can go your no, whole life without seeing that. Movie. <laughs> but it is, but it is an accessible, enjoyable late Marlon movie. Yeah. Perfect. Good to know. Glad so I don't have to add that to my list. Because no, uh, but on the waterfront, ugh. yes. Well, so because again, you bring up we're talking about on the waterfronts, like the Marlon Brando, if it and and the competition with between him and Paul Newman, or like Paul Newman had in his head between him and Marlon Brando at the time. So now. I want to watch all these Paul Newman movies because I watched him in The Hustler and I was just like, holy shit, I love Paul Newman now. Wouldn't have loved Paul Newman without this show and like <laughs> sitting down and watching <laughs> Paul Newman. Hey, I, I hate to point out, but I feel like we've strayed from talking about Harrison Ford. We sure can I just, have. <laughs> can I just say something real quick? Can I turn the topic back to Harrison Ford? Absolutely. How great is it when he does finally enter this movie? And you think you've met all your characters. You met a ton of characters, right? <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly this car pulls up next to it and it's the first time you see what was kind of a, was a convention when Lucas was growing up. And we even had our version of this in my college town too, because we cruised to strip, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that appealed to me. I was like, Oh, we cruised the strip in Oxford, Ohio. Cause there was like one central strip, but those two going side by side, uh, just throwing shit at each other, uh-huh. just going up. Uh, hey, what are you driving a trail car? You know, a, a, a trail truck or whatever this is supposed to drop shit out the back yeah. of the field right it's a field car <laughs> and just like your mom it's like all your mom jokes and back and forth smiling between them. and laughing yeah. through it like no it doesn't feel like anyone it's like a ritual you did yeah that, it's just like you, you just know? sit there you just spin. and then Mackenzie phillips your car is uglier than i am that yeah. didn't come out right <laughs> oh which leads to which i should pull for our show one of the great harrison ford like turned the cameras like what <laughs> like, he's like what but he almost like turned straight into camera like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. And what a cool look with this big old cowboy oh, hat. Yes. Oh, yes. What a look. Apparently, again, if you believe what the internet says. I do. His character was envisioned with a flat top crew cut and okay. he didn't want to do it. So he opted for the cowboy hat and Lucas liked that. And that's what they went with. Now it's iconic. That's funny. And yeah. we just found out the fate of that hat. Great at story. This year's Star Wars Celebration. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we went to a place called. Do you Prop know what Store. happened to that hat, uh, Allison? <laughs> I don't. Please tell there, me that more. That hat took a long journey to someone's hands. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll let Adam tell the story, but I'll set the stage. Oh. We went to Star Wars Celebration, and we were going to interview people at Denuo Nuovo. Denio, didn't they need a better yeah. name? But this place that makes full size, you know, Star Wars helmets like stormtroopers and things like that. And then we talked to the Chia Pet and Clapper guys who had made like Star Wars Chia Pets. <laughs> we we're going to talk to the prop store about some of their cool props and costumes and uh, well, not costumes, props and miniatures and things they created for fans who are big fans mm-hmm. of collectibles. And this guy told us a story about the Bob Falfa hat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this place usually sells like screen used lightsabers you know this is one hundred ten thousand dollars or whatever and like you know models they had all this whole display thing uh and i don't know how we got the guy on the conversation about the uh bob falfa's hat which uh-huh. is a, a screen prop i would never think of like oh i should track down oh i wonder where that's at is it next to the ruby slippers no it's not you know it's like- it doesn't have a story yeah <laughs> But uh, these guys, you know, anything that's involved in the movies. So some guy brought uh, up the car, had bought the car 
at the time found out that same car that Harrison Ford drives is in a great uh, Hot Rods to Hell movie called Two Lane Blacktop. Okay. So it's it's a legendary car already when the guy find, found out that and then also Graffiti said, oh, I want to buy that car. But this is fairly recent after the shooting of Graffiti. So it wasn't really that legendary yet, but it was like, oh, the two lane blacktop car. I want that. And when the guy sold him the car, he goes, oh, there's also there's some hat in the car from the actor that used it in American Graffiti. The so, actor. The, the actor. actor. <laughs> we know who it was. So the guy bought the car with that hat and then I think, you know, found out, oh, it's Harrison Ford's hat. I'll keep that as well and kept the car and the hat. And then the hat recently came into uh, these collectors, the prop stores uh, collection. Crazy. Uh, Bob Falfa's hat. It's, it's something you would never be able to track down if it wasn't connected to that car. And, the, you know, like. Or left in that. that. Yeah. If it wasn't it's left a, in the yeah, car, today. who knows what would have happened? Yeah. 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 That would just That's be pulled something. from the props and, and put in a vault or a Some museum or something. actor's hat. That look and it all I'm saying is for any enterprising country singers listening to this, a great name for a band is Bob Falfa's hat. I just want to say <laughs> improv <laughs> team, yeah. improv troop or country band. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going improv troop actually now. I do, I that. love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to start taking improv lessons just so I can use it. We trademarked it here. Three of us. We have been gonna... Bob Falfa's hat. Thank you very much. Can I can we get a yes. suggestion for a place that might fit on this stage? Yes, and <laughs> yes, and <laughs> there was an improv oh. troupe in Chicago that used to not get a suggestion. They would just start and they would gradually whip up a whole improv and it was like a part of a cruise, it'd be like a 20 minute show. And at the very end of the show, after they had done all their improv, they would stop and go to the crowd and go, now can we get a suggestion? And they give a suggestion and they go, that's a stupid suggestion. They run off stage. <laughs> Inside Vladimir or something. One of the early oh, people. is it that? Yeah. That's yeah, something troop, like that. I was in a troupe <laughs> called Marvin's Ear. Do you know the reference to Marvin's Ear? Marvin's Ear? Oh, I, uh, the boxer? Reservoir Dogs. No. Oh, oh Marvin's that's Ear. The one that gets Not cut to... off. It's like Bob uh, Falfa's hat. It's Marvin's Ear. I yeah. love that. Bob Falfa's <laughs> hat. Again, <laughs> guess what? I have seen Reservoir Dogs. Okay, <laughs> good. Good. My... Continue. I'm just saying my, my gaps are very, <laughs> my, my gap, my show should probably be named, or should probably be named, I might have seen it because there's some that people are like, oh, at least you saw that one. This is the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so with this, with everything in this movie, the, the cars themselves are right. pretty, are, that are too. so sweet. Like they're incredible i think milner's car is probably one of the coolest cars i think i've ever seen in my entire life isn't it yeah like i i don't know how it works i don't know how he's able to it drives with no top like over the engine but it's cool as shit <laughs> yeah. to look at. well you live in california oh, for one true yeah it helps <laughs> you take it out if it ain't raining that's true. it there you go and it's uh, not yeah. raining much but yeah. when you mention all the firsts for this movie is like that type of cars and stuff i mean maybe in some drive-in movies you'd see really good hot rods and stuff but not sort of mm -hmm. like in 73 you know right. like that's like oh, that, that, was, that was another cool element like no matter what you're into if you're just in the music or if you're like oh yeah wolfman jack or or high school or all that stuff it's like wow i mean it's just really it's kind of like a a, a gatling gun that fires like pop culture memories for people mm -hmm. who had just kind of gone through the vietnam 
war and all that stuff. And we're like, oh, more innocent time. Like, yeah, the cars. Remember the cars? All the music. And the cruising and the girls. By the the way, you you can't just, again, nowadays, you're not going to be driving on a strip and have some guy be like, hey, come ride with me and go, okay. Like, that's a safe thing to do. Oh, that's all. That's what was done. There was no kidnapping in 1962. <laughs> there was no kidnapping in 62. Like, just or it just that that blew my mind. Like, we'll catch him at the light, and we'll do all of this. Um, when yeah. when the one chick was like, "Oh, Pranks. that's a pretty sweet car," and uh, like you know, Ken or something was like the line. He was like. If it involves you, I'm a ready teddy. And then she like throws the water balloon in. And then, I mean, it's just shenanigans on these roadways. And nowadays, someone would probably get shot through road rage. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 It's uh, definitely targets back to a more innocent time. Much more innocent time. Uh, Are you familiar with the term a hangout movie? No. It's, this has kind of come to me more recently, but then I realized, oh, it defines various other movies. But people were calling Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a hangout movie. The classic hangout movie is Days and Confused. Okay. Uh, where everybody, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's all sort of, I mean, really talk about a spiritual cousin to American Graffiti. Oh, yeah. Days and Confused, I think, is the double feature that yeah, New Beverly even did. Oh. Yeah, you would do, but. Uh, um, what a good double feature. I wouldn't have thought. No, oh, yeah. that'd be a good double feature. It's just hanging out. All takes place in one night, both of those. But uh, yeah, it's a a hangout movie. Everybody's just kind of hanging out. And ultimately, life's uh, uh, pressures do, you know, do push these guys into having their Mm -hmm. little adventures for the night. And, you know, Steve and Lori and, you know, they have their night because of their relationship. Uh, You know, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, you know, is looking for love and finds this mysterious girl. All this sort of stuff. But. It's all just like hangout stuff. You're all just yeah. driving down the strip or you're at the makeout point or you're just, you know, sitting around on your on your car when the pharaohs walk up, you know, watching TV in the storefront or whatever. It's just like Gil, Gil's car and he scratches it. He's like, oh, come down here. You see that? And like they're looking and he's like Kurt's just trying to like, yeah, trying to like walk <laughs> away from, from all of them. It's great. And I love that there's not. I don't know how to like say without it's like there's not like everyone's own stories is like their own little plot right but it's not like some big deep you know it, it's that there's perfect, no ticking bomb right it's just ever leaving the next day on the plane it's it really kind of the big thing is kurt leaving or is he not leaving what is kurt gonna do like that's what, and everything else is just a side story with it but i love that it, like it's not something that's going to it's a fun movie to watch it's also heartwarming. It's also hilarious. And at the same time, it's like, it it doesn't feel heavy, even though it there is this aspect of like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? I've graduated now and, and going into the wide unknown, which like, it's almost like a whole like existential crisis in a way, but yeah. done in such a light hearted, fun way with everybody else's side, everyone else's stories surrounding this big monumental decision that Kurt's trying to make. Yeah. It also ultimately makes it feel not hollow that yeah. what we did was tie a chain to the, the police's axle and then 
throw something <laughs> at him and run away or yeah, yeah. you know to, trying to steal from the pinball machines at the uh people that uh what's his name just got a scholarship from. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the pharaohs he has to go around the place that just gave him a scholarship yeah and then it's so <laughs> great i think it's hilarious too like it's perfectly written you know the, when they're walking out the pharaohs like oh you might make a, a pharaoh you know be a fair make a pharaoh yet and then the older guys in the bar are like He's gonna be a mighty fine moose one day after he yeah, right. moose literally helped yeah, the these moose, people the, that's steal. Who you got the- <laughs> so all the humor worked for you in this because that, that was- I I could find that a I don't know I guess I think it could be generationally uh, like the actually like laughing at it because I didn't laugh that much the first time I watched it on video but then I watched it with right. the whole crowd which I know you didn't no you know? so you, it was funny there there were moments where like the dialogue was a little like. And for me, like when um, Milner's getting pulled over and Mackenzie Phillips uh, is like, I'm going to tell him you raped me and like just doing, but like, yeah. she's also showing she's 14, you know, like she's yeah. a kid. She's trying to whatever, get this guy to like her or like want to be around her. Like there were some parts that I was just kind of like, I wasn't really feeling it, but there yeah. was a lot of good just humor with it. I mean, like I said, everything with Terry and Debbie had me dying. It, it was so uncomfortable, but so hilarious at the same time. Cause like he's, and just watching him try to like talk himself up to this shit. Cause who hasn't done that? Like who hasn't tried to yeah. make himself look cool for someone they think is super attractive that doesn't go to the same school as them. But then <laughs> watching as everything unfold when, <laughs> when they're down in the valley and all of a sudden he sits up and he goes, the radio stopped. That means the car's gone. And she's just like, well, let's go get your Jeep. And he's like, we can't go get my Jeep. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's one of the angles I when I mentioned before that every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this happens in the movie. Like last time I watched it, I'm like, oh, that's right. They end up in the woods. I forgot. Like that's that's a part of it. And we watch that all unfold. You know, I forgot the movie went that far. You figure it's so tight to the neighborhood but yeah it's and that's all petaluma california by the way i was in uh i was up in wine country last year and i was driving home and i saw petaluma i'm like Mm -hmm. all over and it happened to be (laughs) nighttime which was perfect time to see all the sights and you can drove around and i saw the liquor store i saw the car dealership i saw you know the the storefront where kurt's sitting in his car watching uh, Ozzy oh, and Harriet, and cool. I saw one of the streets he runs down. I took photos of all that stuff and got to jump around and enjoy. They're all right there, and they're all, you know, right next to each other. Except so, the woods, woods. I don't know where the woods are. <laughs> so this is also was this all meant to take place in like Northern California, or were they trying to make it? No, it's also supposed to take place in Modesto, right? Yeah, it's okay. Modesto, but they couldn't shoot there, so they went to Petaluma. Petaluma there you go. Yeah. You do what you got to do. Modesto yeah. is George Lucas's hometown. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. There's a statue gotcha. for him there, right? If I'm not mistaken, or at least there's been an attempt to get it. Yeah, put it on the street. Really? Better have at least that. Could you imagine <laughs> if they had a statue of you guys in your hometowns? Oh <laughs> man, that'd be crazy. But he did that'd miss his high school. He did miss his high school reunion to shoot this. That was one of the facts we learned as well. Oh really? So oh well, to make something of himself Gosh. and did made such a thing of himself he missed going back and bragging about it but uh i'm sure he, he bragged later you know. he bragged yeah. well but the, the irony is he was making a movie about going to high school and couldn't yeah, make it to his reunion. All, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious they probably saw it when you didn't put me in that dude yeah that's <laughs> I, i'm the guy i'm yeah oh man um did he also i can't remember i was reading, but did he he also wrote this too right 
uh, co-written with Willard Hike and Gloria okay. Katz, who were okay. longtime collaborators. Got yeah, longtime collaborators. You might know them as the uh, writers of uh, Howard the Duck, uh, directors of Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> They're also, never going to. I feel so bad. They've done so much Also Temple good. of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Also Temple I of love Doom. Temple of Doom. No. We we discussed that last time that that's that's my favorite Indiana Jones, but we think that's more of a generational thing then. Because I Definitely. grew up watching short rounds. That was the one that that was the one Indiana Jones. Gee, let me guess your favorite Saturday Night Live people isn't the cast with like John Belushi. Could it be <laughs> the year that you were eleven or twelve? Probably. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like you it's know. like Saturday Night Live cast, you know. <laughs> Tina Fey and yeah, Rachel Exactly. Last Crusade, you know, whatever. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate all the other ones. So, yeah. you know. Nobody's favorite is Crystal Skull, though. That's Shocking. nobody's favorite. Even, even if you were the right age to love that one, that ain't it. It's not, it's Shia LaBeouf's fault is what I think it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what if they made um, four American Graffitis? What would the fourth have been like? Did they really? <laughs> made, no, oh, no, no. I was like, wait, did they? And I was like, they, oh, did. they did. Yeah. But speaking of which, so this movie ends up getting a sequel, more American Graffiti. It does. I didn't watch it. It has. You shouldn't. <laughs> I'm. I think we're playing with house money right now because you liked this one. That's a win. Yeah. Uh, cut, it cut is, and run. Yeah. Yeah. Cut and run. You know, you're so generationally far away from this movie and also like the impact of this movie that I'm like, oh, she liked it and found it funny at points. All right, that's a win. No, do not mess. You 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 managed to to uh, squeeze off five shots in that uh, in that in that pistol with only one bullet in it. You did not kill yourself. Put that away. Do not play it with more American graffiti. You know, like like the phrase "movie jail." We have another concept at the movie guys, which is like leave it there or see it see there. it again or leave it there. Um, right. Because like I remember the black hole, uh, the movie with Anthony yes. Perkins and the and Joseph Bottoms, right? I love it. Maximilian yeah. Shell and all these robots and this big space movie in the wake of Star Wars. And like, it was playing at the New Beverly Cinema. So we went, let's go down and see it. I think it was playing with Superman, right? It was like a great oh, double yeah. feature. Superman 2 or something. Yeah. And so we went to, it's terrible. I should have <laughs> left it there because I have left, great memories of it. it. If I just left it there in 19, whatever that, I, that would have been great. But I didn't. I saw it again. And I'm like, oh, this is not a good movie. So, yeah. My do I watch it again is Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, which I loved at the time. <laughs> but I loved it at the time with my wonderful again? high school girlfriend. Great almost Ryan almost time Adams. to go to prom and we're going out on dates and we're having dinners because oh. we're high school kids and uh and she's playing that song from that on her piano everything she's piano I do lessons. And I'm like oh it's in it everything when I remember that movie and everybody that was around me at that time and my girlfriend I'm like it's so dew soaked I'm like it will never achieve that again. I just there's I need to leave that where it <laughs> I mean, you guys are mentioned. I think mine right now. They're about to do a re-release for the 25th anniversary of Titanic, and I was oh no, that I was the perfect age to go see it. But yeah. there, a few people have soured on it. But I was like 12 yeah. seeing Titanic, so I fell in love with Leonardo no. DiCaprio and saw it like five I times in theaters. We're running through so. the movie Guysopedia glossary here, but another one is Milt, and I think Adam and I are both Milts. We're a man in love with Titanic. Man in love with Titanic. And I love that. I love we it. can recommend watch Titanic again. Watch it if you've never seen it. Titanic is awesome. I you got it. those people out there that are like, oh, I love all of James Cameron's movies except Titanic because I'm such here. a man. I love Terminator and Terminator 2 and Aliens. <laughs> and I don't watch it. No, man. You either like James Cameron. Or you don't. Uh, <laughs> Take it all. 
<laughs> that's the thing though. It's, I mean, he kills it in that movie. It's like you watch that and you go, oh, is this going to be some sappy crap? No, it's a James Cameron movie. It actually is. It <laughs> really like, is. No, we're in good hands here. We're doing it. We're working it. Yeah, it's that was working. one of those. I remember when it came out, like like Dances, when Dances with Wolves came out on VHS, you had to get, it was so long, you had to have it in two boxes. Two yeah. tapes. Two tapes. Kids don't get it. Kids don't get it these days. Two uh, tapes. <laughs> Name other, other two tapes movies. The Right Stuff, Gandhi. Two tapes. Yep, JFK. Mm-hmm. Uh, JFK. Okay. Two tapes. Yeah. JFK. Again, another movie that people are amazed that I have seen, but I'm also obsessed with the conspiracy theory of who actually killed JFK that I had to watch the movie. <laughs> and you should be. It's not like your trust has been won back by the governments that be. So. <laughs> well, it didn't help that we went to Dallas and went to the sixth floor museum oh, at that. Dealey Plaza. Yeah. And, you know, they, you, you know, you've been there. They recreate the sniper. I couldn't first, deposit right? a book from this distance. <laughs> actually, I'll be honest with you. I only stood on the street. I didn't go up and in. I so, well, that. see, I went up in there we and it's a it's one of those back into the left it's it's one of those audio tours right so you're there with the headphones and the Ah. the ipad the ipod around your neck and you're standing there and they have the tape playing on like these little video screens and you can look out and see where the x's are where the shots came from and they have the little you know recreated snipers i'm I'm shocked we do that (laughs) right Where we do that oh not only that when you think the government wasn't complicit we made a tour out of it and knowing Ugh. that when, when the light, it's a, it's an actual street, like cars are driving on yeah, this yeah. thing. That's when the light classic. turns red, people run out into the street and take pictures on the X's and then run back to like get, not get hit by a car. But weird as, celebration. <laughs> no, Did school was... off the day that Kennedy got shot? <laughs> Wait, are we enjoying this? <laughs> But yeah, as I'm watching the video and I'm seeing this little sniper's perch and I'm looking back and forth and I'm going and I just go, I I think I say it quietly, but of course I have headphones on. I just go, there's no fucking way. And apparently right. I said it loud enough that my husband turned around and looked at me and went, shh. <laughs> a lot of other people might have heard me. There are little kids who are trying to enjoy the story of a presidential murder. Quiet. <laughs> they were there on their school trip. We were there on a Monday. So, you know. <laughs> But we digress yet again. Speaking of JFK and amazing movies like Titanic that were all nominated for awards, I feel like we should kind of get into some of the things that uh, America, we talked about what it was, it, uh, it was nominated in the Oscars in 1974 for Best Picture, Best Crazy. Director, Best Crazy. Supporting Actress. This um, movie? What? This movie? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that yeah. means it was, it had a big impact because this is not the sort of movie that does that. <laughs> and then know? before they changed the titles, I think, I believe this is technically best original screenplay, but back in 1970s, it was best story and screenplay based on factual material or material not previously produced or published. I'm assuming that. Glad that, they whittled that down. Correct. Glad they whittled that down. <laughs> um, Didn't think and- Travolta could handle saying that, huh? <laughs> And then, of course, um, Best Film Editing for Academy Awards. Nominated, lost all of them. Um, But it did win the Golden Globe that year for Best Motion Picture for Musical or Comedy. Okay. And apparently they used to, I don't know if they still do at the Golden Globes, but at the time they had the most promising newcomer. And that went to Paul Lamont. So. It was so close. It was. A lot of promising newcomers in this movie. It's the only one yeah. you couldn't say. You can even for 10 or 15 years say Mackenzie Phillips. Right. 
<laughs> the only one you can't say. You can say George Lucas. You can say Richard Dreyfus. I bet he's going places. Uh, <laughs> if you're a fan yeah. of Never Cry Wolf, you can even say that, uh, or Untouchables. You can say that, uh, you know. But uh, we're not doing the Lamat Laredo or something. We're doing the Ford Fiesta. <laughs> the the so. Lamat La Roundup. La Roundup. <laughs> and the um, other no promising newcomer in Harrison Ford, Cindy Williams, not a promising newcomer. Ron Howard. Ron Howard, not a promising newcomer. Yeah. You know who is though? Paul Lamat. <laughs> God bless him. I mean, yeah, God bless him, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, but Richard Dreyfus was nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Musical Comedy. And of course, uh, George Lucas was nominated for Best Director. So, I mean, got a lot of buzz for this being kind of like the first. Uh, would would this be Lucas's considered like his first bit? Again, I know he had uh, TH, THX1138. Sure. But did he really Took have the nation by storm? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> which I believe is the license plate of uh, Milner's car. Right. Have... THX one. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I didn't even notice that. Now let's go back and watch it again. <laughs> Driven by the promising newcomer of <laughs> Lonesome Dove. Are you looking him up? Yeah. <laughs> what else do we know what else did paul and matt do after american promising Gaffini? newcomer of more Conan american the adventure Gaffini. the tv series <laughs> no i'm kidding he's the promising he newcomer very of... good in the movie as much as we're goofing on it. yeah i know i know i know and I the know. sequel he's good and the sequel yeah very oh, good in the sequel. oh the prom- promising uh newcomer of uh puppet master a puppet master yeah you know as much as we read the burning this, bed when we did our show uh, on American Graffiti, I don't, I can't recall what else beat it. You said The Sting. What else beat this film for Best Picture or beat uh, beat Lucas for Best Director? Because I'd be curious to put it up was, arguments as to who may have directed for director, better. Right? It lost to The Sting for Best Picture, Best Director, the original screenplay, and film editing. So everything that wasn't an act. Wow, the, the, was yeah, Sting. Was The Sting. Wow. And then um, Best Supporting Actress, Can- uh, I think Candy, yeah, Candy Clark was nominated for her role as Debbie, and she lost to whoever was in Paper Moon. Tatum O'Neill. That was nominated. Oh, Tatum O'Neill, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind and of deservedly like- so. Yeah, to a <laughs> kid. <I> mean- yeah. <laughs> Pretty good kid. Pre- yeah. Pretentious little kid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Have you seen that movie? Have not, never heard of you it. You haven't so just... seen Paper Moon? What the heck? One of those movies. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's it looked like when I looked up, you know, the the 1974 Oscars, it seemed like it was another one of those like really kind of stacked years with movies that I have heard of that I know <laughs> have some sort of cultural significance. This is full of movies I've heard of. Full of movies I've heard of, um, but I know the Sting. Like, I there are some people out there that are very disappointed that I haven't seen the Sting. I think it's one of they say you know it's one. You're of not the gonna best. like it. Well, the thing is, the Sting has been. It's fine. Sting. It's fine. Actually, is that yeah, controversial to say? It's great I, and has no. been done over and over. Like right, no, it's without the, the Sting is with you know the Sting leaves in its wake. Uh, you know the color of money, Knives Out. You know, any sort yeah. of like uh, right. these, well, not maybe Knives Out, but the, the heist, like the Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Oceans. A, yeah, that's yeah. a great comparison. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've seen The Color of Money, too. 
that makes it. Here we go on your Paul Newman. Uh, <laughs> oh, my Paul Newman. Mister makes it look easy, man. Paul Newman, you're going to yeah. enjoy going down that rabbit hole. I'm really too. excited. I well, it was one of those two that turned into like, the episode that I did for the Hustler turned into it. You know, well, you got to go watch The Color of Money then with Allison, the friend that I was. What? Tell me you've seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? No, there's no way. <laughs> I'm going no. I'm putting a dollar down on no. Adam, you would be a dollar richer. All right. Hey, we Ouch. got a new game when we come on Allison's show, by the way. I, has she seen it? Wait, which one? What, what? Have you seen it? This is the, I, I, let's, a different talking game. about movies. Let's yeah. get some gambling going here. Let's go. All right, let's go. A different Ready? take. Yeah, with Ready? wagering. You guys already know a few of the ones that I haven't seen, so it wouldn't because we because we because we're we're figuring out some of these Harrison Ford ones. But Paul, Paul, hold on. Okay. Paul, Tron. Has Tron, she seen it? Has she seen Tron? No. No. All right. No. No bet. No money. What do you think? Nah. Am I right? You're right. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's harder, it's <laughs> harder to access. That. Harder to access. Yeah. I don't even think it's on Disney Plus, so I don't think you go jumping on just watching Tron. That's true. Um, although I could be wrong about that. But yeah. Adam. Adam. Yeah. Has Allison seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, For this show, she might have. Yes. I'll go yes. Not yet for this show. Oh, I, have not okay. seen. I was going to go no, but I thought, oh man, that could be one she's hit so far on the show. Have not. Thanks for letting me know you don't no listen to my show, show, Adam. Appreciate. It. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't memorized. I've heard a few. <laughs> Thirty-five shows I need. You still air on the nope. Allison hasn't seen. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess thirty-five movies your, in. It's going to be your safe. Thirty-four pet. movies is but a dent. <laughs> How about this one? Adam, has Allison seen Bowling for Columbine? No. Yes. Oh, I, that shocks even me. Okay. So, well, here's the, the so the reason I saw Bowling for Columbine is when I was in high school, I was in theater and we were doing a, um, every year we did a night of one acts and I was in a one act for a, for a one act show called Bang Bang You're Dead which okay. was written and done around that time because of, you know, the school shootings that had happened. So it was oh, yeah. a whole like, you know, anti-bullying kind of like one oh, act. Yeah. So I was in that. And one of the things that, cause, and all the one acts were the whole point of the, the night of one acts, they were all directed by students. So the one who was directing it had asked us to all of us that were going to be in it to go and watch this documentary. So I, that was how that is how I saw Bowling for Columbine. I didn't. I thought I was thinking of that more movie wise and not culturally because yeah. your generation would be the first generation that started having school shootings. Congratulations! <laughs> I feel like we've gotten off the topic of Harrison Ford. <laughs> well, you can go to Columbine and go up in the school and you can see where the shooters went. You can put on an audio headset and listen to everybody <laughs> and go out and take photos. It's really fun, right? It's, it's that's a great comparison. Like. They would never do that. And yet right. we're doing that for JFK. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. And this is when my show ends. We will never be back for another episode. I've officially been oh canceled. Gosh. Thanks to Paul Preston. This well, is great. Just saying. Uh, we're just I saying have we're to ask some money off of dead dudes. And yes. They want to take it easy. So Harrison Ford, he's driving this cool ass car, right? Yes. He's got the cowboy hat. He's Bring rocking it. Adam he's rocking it. He's got a skull hanging from his uh, rearview mirror. Is there a Paul, in the skull? Paul has always said, why couldn't Han Solo and he have switched things they hung from the rearview mirror? So they're not dice for Han Solo. Give that guy a skull. 
Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? It's, should those be switched or are those accurate? Yeah, Han Solo gets the dice and uh, uh, Bob Falfa gets the uh, skull. I mean, what would the skull be of hanging from the Millennium Falcons? I feel well, like we're good... going to give him a skull. It has to be a skull of not like right. a little baby human skull. Like like, no, 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 it could be some creatures. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd be like, the, did like a cool the, creature skull. I'd be right there. There could be like some fun little backstory that we could have gotten in, in Solo of like how mm-hmm. Chewie killed whatever it was to get right. the skull to hang from it. This is now the movie yeah. in my head. How do you? How did you guys feel about Solo? <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Has she seen it, Paul? <laughs> I think she has. I yeah, think that one I have. That's a little mainstream. Yeah. yeah. I love Star. You know, I I just had a recently had a thought on that movie. Which is uh, that I've always I love and Solo. I, have yeah. I, I love Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, it's a very good Star Wars movie, and now you can increasingly contrast when people are making making a movie with the toggle switch, make a Star Wars movie on, or mm-hmm. the or the toggle switch, make a Star Wars movie off. For example, Andor flips it off. Mm-hmm. Solo flips it on. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm making a Star Wars movie. This is how a Star Wars movie is supposed to feel. It's a very thick universe. We move very quickly. We do very genre things like rob a train or ride horses and, you know, things like that or some version of horses. Uh, But I just recently had a thought about Alden Ehrenreich's performance that it's a great performance because what a lot of us love about that is he's not trying to be Harrison Ford. Right. That would be suicide. Do not right. try and be Harrison Ford. Try and be Han Solo acting as you do as an actor yourself. And the reason I think it was successful, I had this thought the other day, is nobody has ever suggested that the next person to play Indiana Jones should be Alden Ehrenreich. That's a total win for being Han Solo. That no one even thinks of you as trying to be Indiana Jones. No, you're right. very Han Solo. So he's not imitating Harrison Ford. Anyway, that was just one little thing I thought of recently. I'm like, oh, nobody said, oh, you know, you should play Indiana Jones. Old Aaron, right? Like literally nobody said that because he's very Harrison. He's He's got the Harrison Ford thing. Yeah. Or the yeah. Han Solo thing. No. And and how interesting is it that Ron Howard appears in American Graffiti with Harrison Ford, then goes on to direct a movie with Harrison Ford's character Han Solo in the lead. Oh. oh. All comes together. Look at that. Wow, and it all, it's, it's always a six degrees of separation. Everyone always talks about the six degrees of separation to Kevin Bacon. I yeah. feel like we it really should be a six degrees of separation to Harrison Ford. Yeah, oh, well, we longevity might. Uh, I wonder what the <laughs> odds are of, yeah, eventually appearing in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody ever mentions the fun part. The fun part of uh, the Kevin Bacon game is it was invented around the time he did Apollo 13. <laughs> You know, like, like, yeah. All right, let's go back his twelve movies and figure out (laughs) how is everyone connected to Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Add thirty more movies to that career. Yeah, everybody's been in a movie with Kevin Bacon at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But back on to Harrison Ford and American Graffiti. Of course, we also have to talk about the final race, his race scene with John Milner, and what? Actually, can we talk about both? Let's go. Yes. So the Let's... first one, his first appearance with, mm-hmm. with Paul Lamott, they great. They're driving back and forth. Like, what are you driving? It's field truck. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's your mama's I truck. What kind of color is that? Dork. Yeah. yeah. I ain't nobody, <laughs> nobody dork. dork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, piss yellow and whatever, piss mm-hmm. green or whatever. Well, and then also let's say uh, he gets when uh, um, Cindy Williams leaves Steve, 
I'm alternating. I can't remember her character name, but I remember his character name. Lori. But anyway, she goes with uh, she goes with Bob Falfa, yeah, the bad boy, and uh, you know to piss off Steve and gets serenaded by him. How did you yes. like Harrison Ford's rendition of "Some Enchanted Evening"? <laughs> Incredible! It was wonder who wouldn't want to be sung to by Harrison Ford? Amazing! Right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 incredible. It's just it's perfection. <laughs> And weird, I thought. So like... weird. It is so <laughs> weird. Absolutely. 100%. Very weird. I got serenaded in a bar by my husband. We were dating to Rats Round and Round by a cover band. So, I mean, I feel like I've been in Lori's shoes. It's fine. <laughs> Probably harder to sing than you'd think that Round and Round. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much. <laughs> so the first time he races Milner in that just that little stretch, they have one block. Mm-hmm. And that's what sort of sets off that Milner's like, oh, I'm not the fastest anymore. But I got to tell you, the, the George Lucas that I have spent a lot of time studying on, appears almost infrequently in American graffiti in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. The whole thing's a George Lucas movie in one way, but in another way, he only pops up in that first, in those two races. That's like the real George Lucas that's going to, you know, get the idea for the trench sequence and, you know, all this sort of like that. That's the George Lucas that's in love with editing. Mm-hmm. And I really love because uh, I just pulled a clip today uh, for our show watching that sequence of those two racing. There's like 30 cuts in that mm-hmm. little tiny 15 second race and you're like oh man this george lucas and you see it at the end of thx there's an escape with lots of like high intense editing but you know him without that intense editing is almost kind of not him in a weird way it's almost you know the nostalgia thing is but the editing is not um and so yeah and so then i just love that the way that first race is edited the second race is edited very well yeah as well um yeah go ahead paul uh what do you think about the final race Oh, I was excited when I went to Petaluma to drive that very road. Ooh. I can tell you that much. When you exit town, yeah. Oh, wow. That. That's awesome. Uh, That's I so mean, cool. they had every uh, chance to go darker with that finale. You know, someone could have really gotten hurt or something. So, You're right. But uh, they, they didn't, you know, and I thought that yeah. was a great way to sort of maintain the feeling throughout as much as everyone's in and out of relationships and conversations and fights and arguments doing this whole thing. The biggest thing at stake is still just Kirk going to leave town. So it's never yeah. like, you yeah. know, a major thing. So and I thought that was good. You get a little seriousness when he takes her to the, the, the car graveyard basically and talks about that one over there was so-and-so who died because he was stupid with how oh, he was racing. And I forgot this about person that. And, and right. how, yeah, you true. know, like right. there's wow. that whole scene where like he's walking her through, like, yeah, like I'm fast. Huh. I know I am, and this is what it is. But like, I also know how unsafe it is because I think even like has a story where like he almost bit it, you know, during yeah. during one of his own races. So you know, and then you see you as much as Milner. I think Milner is such an interesting character because he's trying to be this ladies' man. He's trying to like hold on to these this like this glory day of right. and this heyday. Of where it's like I get is. older, they stay the same age. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, but he's also oh, the, he, not Mackenzie Phillips, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> too young, but but then like he also, but you he realizes like you get to see the side of him, like he knows that this is dangerous and that right. it can't go on forever, but he's just not ready to let it go yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such 
I think that it just makes these stakes for like that final race that much higher with it. So, or I'm just thinking too much into it. I don't no, know. No, no, no. But... That's definitely Milner's character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just think he, I, I think for how surface level they try to make most of these characters appeal appear like Steve ready to go off, but still wanting to get some yeah. like very typical 17 year old ready to go off and face the world. But then you have, Milner and Kurt, who I think are kind of like Milner's like, why aren't you getting out? Like you don't need to be stuck here, but he's also wrestling the fact that like, I, because I am stuck here, this is what I'm stuck here doing. And he doesn't know anything else. And like, how is he going to get out of it? Then of course you find out in the end credits that he gets killed by a drunk driver anyway. So, (laughs) which I thought was an interest. I just thought that I think like for just how simple that was, I feel like there's so there's there's way more thought put into these characters than what you end up seeing through a first time watch. And I yeah. love I love when a movie can do that. Like first time watch, like you said, hangout movie. You're watching it. You're getting these little kind of surface level kind of stories. And then I went back and rewatched it almost back to back just to like get more in depth. And like you do, you sit with these characters now and you're seeing these personalities and you're seeing how much deeper they really go and i think it's so and if i go back and watch it the third time it's going to happen even more and I yeah love it's that. it's helpful to have gone through this journey with these characters to enjoy it the next time you watch it better mm-hmm. because if even if you don't appreciate the fact that like terry you know uh forgets the clutch on his on his vespa and runs into the thing yeah. you know by the time you've seen him lose the car with candy clark and you know mm-hmm. you, you've seen the full breadth of it then if you go back and watch it again, you're like, oh God, that's, and then you're really laughing because you're like, that's so him. Yeah. You know, so all the characters have that appeal to, when you watch it numerous times, you're like, oh, that's such a Steve move or, yeah. you know, all the relationship jokes are Steve and, and, uh, Cindy Williams. I can't remember her character's name. Um, Lori. Howard and Lori. Yeah. And Lori. Um, all the relationship things of like, well, I just really think I should uh, see other women or whatever. It's just like, like that's sort of like, oh, you dork, you dummy. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, everybody's been through some version of that or whatever. He, you know, everybody plays a different version of nerd, and he's just he's the one that's all, like all the relationship nerd stuff. It's like, yeah, Steve. Yeah, we should uh, <laughs> still see other people. Uh, oh, and those I, are big laughs at the new Beverly. That's like yeah. all the the whole conversation. Oh. And we didn't discuss it, but when they break up and they, st- how great is this mm-hmm. dramatically, they break up and still have to go dance with each yes. other at the ball. Yeah. And that's all shot in like a big one shot. I believe. I think that's yeah. just held the entire time that in each time, one of their faces turns away from us mm-hmm. and we can't see the emotion at certain points. And it becomes more stressful for Cindy Williams, for Lori when she's turned away, you're like, and then when she turns back, she's like even more emotional. Mm-hmm. They're doing this in front of all these people. You're like, that's a radical scene. You know, and she's just, and that's I cool. love how she's just giving it to, to Steve. She's like, cause he's like, Oh, when I went, he keeps thinking like he was the one that started this relationship and he was, and she's in there going, no, you didn't do any of this. Like we're together because of me. Cause you were too chicken shit to do like, x y and z to get there and so she catch that line either that's great she's like it's a whole conversation of like you know no this is when we first on our first date and this is when this was it was because i told you and i had to kiss you first and i had to do this and it just goes to like steve's trying to play all cool and Lori's just in there going this she's like i she's the one that's been in control the entire time 
And she's the whole yeah. reason that they're together. And she's sitting there and she's like, so it's it's almost like a fun little like F you moment with everything. Right. And then like Steve's back around. And then, you know, again, they do the thing where they're in the car and she's laying there and he's like, well, do something. She's like, well, this is all you're going to remember me by. Then go ahead and well, do whatever you need to do. And just like, it, it's so, it's, I love a good badass woman in a, in a movie right you really like pulled that out in this discussion yeah that she's she does that she does a lot of subtle moves she doesn't yeah. haul off and punch him no, no she's like no 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 here's here's how you're forgetting how this relationship is gone because mm-hmm. you're so blinded to have forgotten how all this started how all of it progressed and where we are now because you're so blinded by graduating mm-hmm. and uses all that against him um, it's great you know it's great yeah, yeah. It's that's, so that's a really good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to think that that's I'm, cool. I'm more, I was a Lori more than, more than, you know, not that there's anything wrong with being a Debbie, but because <laughs> again, Debbie uses what she's good at, right? She loves tuck and roll upholstery. So she's going to come and be like, Hey, why don't you go get me some booze? Why don't you do this? Right. And boys <laughs> like Terry are going to fawn all over the girls like that. It's such a good, it's one of my favorite tropes in like any you know, coming of age stories like the beautiful girl and the guy that just like falls head over heels to do anything to impress. <laughs> and George Lucas was interested in this idea because he had studied sociology. And he's like, when you look back on our time in Modesto, it's basically like you could you could analyze it like a, a sociologist, like, oh, the mating rituals of the uh, yeah. of the <laughs> Northern California male, you know, like <laughs> really it's like like basically a wildlife uh, movie in a way of like, oh, and then then this one gets together with her, you know, softly three years previous and then tries to break yeah. up with her like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, great. The mating rituals of California, <laughs> Northern California teens. <laughs> didn't have the same ring to it as American graffiti. So that's I guess what they not. <laughs> that's right. I'm just sitting well. here. I'm just here stewing over, sitting here stewing over the editing. Okay. So you talk about the editing of that final race. You think about right. the editing entirely. And how they oh, ended the story together, and then it lost to the Sting, which is a very linear story. It's good, it's well edited, but it's the challenge to make it is so much easier than the A B C D all over the yeah. place uh, yeah. version of. And, and they had, and the oh. this is one thing. Wait, this is one thing Universal did well. They appointed Vera Verna Fields to the film to edit oh, yeah. with Marshall Lucas. So there's a tag team killing it. In this, that should have won the Oscar over the Sting as much as I Oh, you're it. right. That they turned down Verna Fields and Marshall Lucas for the editing of the Sting. And Paul, you ain't just whistling Dixie when you say that's a very like pat for like if one thing happens, then the next. Because like I said, American Graffiti, you could edit that eleven different ways and have eleven completely different movies based on what information you get up front. So it's yeah, and Verna Fields, legend, mother cutter, as they called her. Uh, but the Sting. Every scene in the Sting is like, we need to go find a guy that knows cards. Cut to a guy that knows cards. <laughs> like that is like every cut in the Sting. You're so right, Paul. <laughs> it's like, well, all we got to do is find a guy that works at the post office, and then cut to the post office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put your face as soon as he rubs his finger on his nose, then we'll cut to the next scene of them putting the next thing together. Oh my God, you're right. That's like. Uh, the sting could be edited no other way <laughs> and the 11 different ways you can cut american graffiti i bet you nine of them are bad so verna <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fields Dude, oh, i forgot i forgot that was verna fields i was just reading about verna fields 
We're over here waxing poetic, and Paul is just sitting in his corner, mad. I could you see like the smoke, just like <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Oh, what the hell! Yeah. By the way, I just have to say. So I was just reading up on Vernon Fields recently because a mutual friend of ours, her house went up for sale about six, seven years ago, and uh, and I don't know if you know this, but Vernon Fields had an editing suite in her pool house, and she edited Jaws in her pool house. But in addition to that, the pool next to the pool house on film, by the way. So we on film, go like a wild, a whole big thing. She's not just yeah. If you look up Verna Fields' jaws, there's a famous clip of her and Stephen in the in there, and and she says uh, that's the cut, Stephen. And I always say that when I'm working with a producer, uh, and we're trying to figure out like, does this work, or do you add two two frames here, two mm -hmm. frames here? And I always just either mentally to myself, or if they know the reference, I say that's the cut, Stephen. <laughs> but. Uh, I just read and I got the Tashin Star Wars book. The thing weighs 15 pounds. And for, I, I don't know if you could tell throughout the course of this conversation, but I know a little bit about George Lucas. Yes. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I, I'm a little obsessed. This book has like two new things I don't know per page. Let me tell you one. Verna Fields' house was also where, assuming she lived there at the time, I don't know when, if she just moved before Jaws, then maybe this is not true. But uh, THX 11384EB, Electronic Labyrinth, which is the uh, student film that uh, George Lucas made uh, before he made the feature version of THX 1138, the shortened title, was edited at Verna Field's house. <laughs> there you go, Genius Incest. How did she get That's yeah, where right? he edited did... his student film. <laughs> Wow. How did he get to her? That's interesting. Or maybe she was coming uh, up at the time? Or I don't think so. No, no. They, she then, would, right? Well, she was very supportive of the young filmmakers. And I think just through, yeah, that's, I, I don't know. Uh, the genius incest you talk about, Paul, that's how. Like somebody knew somebody who knew Verna Fields. Yeah, I think that's that how Moviola, she ended up working on Jaws. Yeah. I think that Moviola, if that's what it's called, right, is at Moviola. the Academy Museum. So <gasps> her Moviola? Well, it, at, last time I went, wow. they keep changing over the uh, exhibits there, which is good if you're a member because mm -hmm. you keep going back and seeing new stuff. But uh, I don't know what came and what went in there. I think they got rid of the Bruce Lee stuff. Maybe putting in something else. Yeah. Eh, but I got to go to the, I haven't been to the museum yet. Never been to the Academy Museum, but I also live in Orlando. So that's true. So, wow. Have you been to Disney? Have I been? To, yes, that I have. Okay. Well, you're getting stuff done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you been I, to is Silver Springs still there? <laughs> is it? Oh, the, is this it? was great. Cypress Gardens? Is Cypress there? Gardens still there? Is Bush Gardens still there? Go to Ocoee yes, and have ourselves yes, it. Yeah. Is Ocoee? Gator World Ocoee. still there? Oh, of course Gator World is still here. Is it? Of course. Right. In Winter Haven? <laughs> of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right you can go Good. every single day. You can go help feed the gators or, or watch the gator feeding at, you know, noon or whatever it is when they go and they they wrestle. They wrestle the gators. Um as big George Lucas fans, have you guys have you ever been able to go and do like the Skywalker Ranch? No. Is that a thing you can do? I don't know. Or you tour if the you ranch. know somebody. Yeah. If you but, know someone. There's also some Well, let me ask my friend David Fincher. <laughs> <laughs> There's also some studios in San Francisco, right? You can go to like the lobby and take a picture of Yoda or something, but it, you, that's yeah. as far as you can get. Yeah. Or mm. or is that Skywalker Ranch? No, I can't remember. I don't know. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for, oh, for Lucas. Uh, oh, you're, you're a good friend, George Lucas, that you know so much yeah. about. But, you know, I feel like you guys would be best friends if you had. I guess Lucas is only a pretty good newcomer. <laughs> 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 I love it. Well, as we're get, getting into it with everything else, I got to ask you guys, 
because like I ask in all of my episodes, if you could list your favorite three moments from American Graffiti, they don't have to be in order, but your three no. favorite moments from this film, what would you think? They, what oh, would they okay. I have a radical one actually. I okay. Um, I'll, I'll definitely out of order. The last time I watched American Graffiti, I laughed out loud at something I don't think anybody else laughs at. And it's partially because I know a lot about George Lucas. And it is, well, first of all, first of all, it's set up by a a very strange moment. So they all meet. So they've had this whole night. They've all grown. They've all made their decisions. They meet at the airport the next morning. This is Mm -hmm. the prologue, not prologue, uh, whatever, epilogue, right? Basically. The evening's over. Here we are. Gets onto the plane. Flies up in the air, long shot, long shot, longer shot than any shot in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just following that plane, following that plane, following that plane. Boom. John Milner was killed by a drunk driver on December 1964. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, like, that really happened to that character, but wow. Like, yeah. what? what a place to put that. Now, the thing is, Vietnam is in the minds of all these people looking for this nostalgia, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that John Milner was killed by a drunk driver in December 1964, very well may be the first month of the Vietnam War or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like that sort of idea of like, oh, boom, the the, the first friend known killed and in the heads of everybody watching. That doesn't say drunk driver. That says in Vietnam, right? Right. Everybody watching this is nostalgic for a pre-Vietnam time. They see that and they go, yeah, you know, a guy I knew in high school. Next one that comes up, Terry Fields was reported missing in action at near on lock in December, 1965. Now it literally is the Vietnam message. Right. So boom, boom. And you're like, oh, he's not dead reported missing in action, but he's dead. Yeah. Right. Vietnam. He's dead. Yeah. John Milner dead. Terry Fields dead. And this is the feeling of this generation that spent the last 90 minutes getting away from this feeling mm-hmm. and boom, boom. There it is. Like there's, there's not any grass smoking in this movie. There's no hippie George Lucas, Yeah, but this is in the mind of people's heads. The third one that comes up, John. Okay. John Milner killed by a drunk driver in December, 1964. Terry Fields reported missing in action near on lock in December, 1965. Steve Bolander is an insurance agent (laughs) in Modesto, California. (laughs) And that is the funniest joke of the movie. (laughs) That is, is rule of threes hilarious that's because great. that is what george lucas feared for himself my biggest mm-hmm. fear in my life is that i'll end up an ins- uh, selling uh uh you know not insurance for him like working at his dad's stationery shop mm-hmm. in modesto for the rest of his life that's what he was trying to get away from so the fate worse than death for george lucas is steve bolander is an insurance, <laughs> agent an insurance. In modesto, California. that's great yeah yeah <laughs> I'll just give you one moment because I just ate up a lot of time with that. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Harrison Ford and, uh, and uh, the uh, first uh, race and uh... your three. Yeah, your three moments were the three things on screen. They got to be three right. to, yeah. to do the rule of threes. <laughs> uh, I love that the first time Harrison Ford is on screen, he isn't. You just hear the roar of Falfa's oh, car in the distance, and they talk yeah. about him. I think that's cool. It's something I realized last time. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. That they right. that I probably watched else- it last time. It's someone else threatening him with it, right? It's like, hey, you, do you have you seen the, this mean Chevy that's rolling through here? They're looking yeah, for yeah, you. Right. And then they give him the, <sighs> yeah. 
And then they're like, yeah. oh, and avoid avoid uh, Jerry's cherries tonight or whatever it was. So like they're giving him like the warning of like where not to go to get caught. Oh racing. right, that's where he's hanging. He's yeah. hanging. And what are the odds that Wolfgang, uh, Wolfgang, yeah, Wolfman Jack would be a fine actor in the scene that he's in? So yeah. I love when Kurt yeah. meets him as well. So that scene is pretty great. That's a good one. And how I, would Wolfman Peterson have sound on the sounded on the Wolf, set of <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody i want you to go to this end of the this end of the submarine and pretend you're drowning baby all right here comes the perfect stone baby we're gonna get on the boat we're gonna not what i need you to be i need you to be i need you to have courage under fire baby <laughs> Oh, right. love it. I love it. Uh, well, I think with kind of all that being said, unless you have any more. Unless, Paul, you have two more? <laughs> yeah. Those were two. A third? Two. I mean. You have a third? I mean, oh, I oh two. You did. That's right. We've Four. talked Four. about Four. it, but I do love when Terry Terry's entrance is just great because it's yeah. like, so we great. know who everybody is. Boop. Well, we know who he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <We're good. laughs> yep. That's, That's the best. Good. I just, you talk about it, just like, I forgot that Kurt rolls up in just like a beater of a car. Which I think is again yeah. kind of goes to like his character of like he doesn't know where he's going, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Yeah, he's it's got like a little French two door thing, <laughs> just a whatever car, just rolling. That I feel like that's just how he's been going through life, just doing whatever and like getting by. And as I hit my microphone, out of the way, like you're just getting by. And I think you, with what you said about like each car representing the person yeah. makes so much sense when you see what Kurt's going through. Yeah, and really like did. the that whole like there's got to be something more for me than just going off to school on the east coast we did not talk about the creepy teacher though um that was in this mr uh i don't remember what his name was but he called the girl like the they're the the female students were trying to get him to dance and he was like if mr hall comes around here and sees me dance with you sexy i mean oh, young right. lady oh, yeah. i'm yeah. like oh you're a teacher but then again, that shit happens all the time. It's, it was, it's, and back then, <laughs> Ima imagine if there were no consequences for doing that. Imagine <laughs> in a man's world only. <laughs> yeah. Oof. <laughs> oof. Oof. So yeah. So they definitely captured the time uh, yeah. with it. Uh, so with all of this being said, um, I'm going to do what I do and end every episode with going into Letterboxd and rating it out of five stars so if i can get it pulled up i am going to give you know what, for american graffiti because we're gonna have you don't have to fake it for us we're not honest. faking it we're not. i do have a follow-up on this go ahead okay um american graffiti right now for me is a four-star film four out of okay. five I enjoyed That's it. Impressive. I I really did enjoy it. And I think part of, but again, I also think watching it when I watched it now for this show was going to give me a completely different feeling than if I had watched it this time last year before, like, yeah. I really had, like, I mean, I liked movies, but I I really hadn't started, like, this deep dive with anything. Film so, love is a journey. It's, and it, and it changes. It really this, is. this movie will be different the next time you see it, too. You know, it's like, yeah, it was for me last time. Yeah. 100 percent. so it's like i know looking at it now from the lens that i'm looking at it in i know that i know i have a better appreciation for this movie so seeing it when i saw it and how i saw it 
really helped out versus I know if I had seen this a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have given a shit. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, like the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, it's good. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not studying it and I didn't know what to study even at right. the time. I don't think, you know. All right. My right. follow up. How many stars did you give Cliffhanger? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. Let me remember. I. <laughs> Good question, Paul. Good follow-up. A recent episode. I'm just saying, that was a really fun show. That was a really fun movie. Uh, who uh, challenged you on Cliffhanger? Uh, the good old JTE with, uh, with, with Cliffhanger. Oh, he would. He would. <laughs> that sounds about right. Cliffhanger also got four stars. <laughs> Perfect. That's the show. Okay. That's the the show. Roll credits. Steve (laughs) Bolander is an insurance agent in Modesto, California. Good night, folks. (laughs) (laughs) It was the John Lithgow for me, okay, with Cliffhanger. He's going to do it. He's going to do it every time. Every time. Every time. Wouldn't he be a villain in a Seagal movie, too? Who was the villain in some Steven Seagal, like, on Deadly Fire or something? Like, Fire Above Ground? or I can't remember. But there was another guy that was like that. You're like, oh, he's in this? Oh. It's great. I love it. It's fantastic. Well, anyway, gentlemen, before we get out of here, why don't you tell all, hopefully, tens of my watchers and listeners (laughs) where they can find you, what you guys have going on? The important thing is all of your listeners who are not obsessed with tracking us down and finding out what we're saying about Harrison Ford <laughs> are now engaged. I don't care how many it is, Allison. They're now like, oh, I got to go check these out. These guys were great. <laughs> uh, go to themovieguys.net. Themovieguys.net will have links to everything. But basically, if you search any podcast format, the Ford Fiesta is currently in an audio format in its finished episode form. That's uh, Apple, iTunes, you know, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, all of them. And if you want to join us every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, follow our social handles. We're pretty much at the movie guys at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to find out the link for that monday's show where we stream live and put the show together with an audience and take you know we do like half do the show and then half nonsense so much like how this turned yeah. out yeah <laughs> but the movieguys.net has that and also we're, i'm launching another podcast called countdown to five it's just going to be a, a six episode podcast where we look at every indiana jones movie and then do another episode after the dial of destiny so that'll be coming out as well that's cool it's an exciting year for harrison ford fans and yeah drinking is great and 1923 is great like it's crazy that he's so prolific in that at 80 it's great he's 80 jesus christ that's like i saw we talked about it earlier before we started recording i saw bruce springsteen last night the guy's 73 looking like a real snack just if you saying. love what you do, why would you retire? Why yeah. would you retire? Exactly. Exactly. And thank you guys and everyone who is here thank watching. You. Um, yeah, you guys, uh, we'll, we'll figure out, we'll, we'll get off of here. We'll figure out next month's <laughs> Harrison Ford. Like, <laughs> What's next? What haven't you seen? What can, what can we? You've seen so The Fugitive. Many. Yes. Okay. Yes. That You've I have. seen Firewall. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
So again, thank you to everyone who is watching here on YouTube or listening on our audio platform of choice. If you are listening on audio, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Flick and Reel. You can also, if you're watching here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like this video, leave a comment with your thoughts on American Graffiti or any other Harrison Ford flicks that you love, as well as hit that bell icon to get notifications for Every time we have new content drop here on Flick and Reel, you can follow the show on Twitter at You've Never Seen It FNR. You can follow me at Allison Salamone. And until next time, my friends, be safe. I'm going to go watch some more Harrison Ford movies so I can catch up with these two. We'll see you later. Yeah, Bye. we'll see you next time we're on here uh, with uh, a time for killing. <laughs>